Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. We have a fantastic Get My Job on Blue Wire as I am joined by my dear friend and Angel City Football Club head of content, Jennifer Pransky. Jennifer takes us on her career journey from Fox Sports to the 2020 presidential campaign to today. She also talks about why being a woman in sports should be viewed as an advantage, why Angel City FC's greater purpose appealed to her, what she's learned about allowing herself time off, and so much more. This episode is filled with so much great information and so much inspiration. So make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me. I've been so excited about this. We've been colleagues. We've been friends for a very long time. uh, And I am very excited to talk to you today on Get My Job. Right back at you. Long time coming for us. It really is. So let us dive right in because I know our listeners are going to be very excited to hear about your career and your journey. And so I am going to ask you to start by taking us through your professional journey to this point. Yeah, I I can't decide if it's an interesting one or if it's or if it's unique or if it's run of the mill, but it's it's just the the journey I went on. But I so I studied political communication at school and had no idea what in the world I was going to do with my life until close to graduation when I realized that uh, I was not ready to get into politics. I think I needed to understand a little bit more about the world, grow a thicker skin, do all of those things, and maybe just have a little bit of fun before I dove into trying to save the world. And at, I had been a you know lifelong sports fan and an athlete, and I just honestly decided on a whim, okay, at the first thing, I'm just going to try and get a job in sports. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's exactly what I don't want most people to do is I, I you know, I want to encourage people to think about these things a lot sooner than I ever did. But yeah, I mean, it was right around co- graduation from college and I said, okay, well, I'm just going to get a job in sports right now. And that'll, you know, for, we'll see how, you know, for a couple of years and that'll tie me over and turn me into an adult possibly. Uh, <laughs> and we'll go, we'll go from there. So I went, um, I went back home and uh, just through some, and I started what has become now my new mantra of how you get anything done is that you just tell everybody what you are trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I was at a party for a friend, you know, cause this graduation party that someone, you know, people hadn't seen in probably four years back home and just started, you know, as soon as people started chatting with them, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about sports television, you know, or something along those lines. And someone that I talked to that in, at that night had a friend who had, worked at a small cable access government owned station that had taken him on, you know, with zero experience. And, um, so I called that station the next day and I ended up working there for the next year. <laughs> so wow. that's how I got, you know, it, and did everything because it was super small. They did two newscasts a week that were both taped, but they let me do everything from be in front of the camera. You know, I hosted a show. I was a sports reporter. I did, you know, editing. I ran teleprompter. I ran cameras. I technical directed a show. I mean, I was able to really, you know, on a small scale, do a little bit of everything. And, um, and then I realized that I liked it. And particularly I liked the stuff behind the camera more than in front of the camera for a couple of reasons. One, I really didn't like worrying about what my hair looked like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
and and having to spend time on that because when you're in front of the camera you worry about stuff like that and i actually had this really strange thought in my head of how 10 years from now if i have to think about what my hair looks like every single day i'm not going to turn into the good uh, i'm not going to become a better person i'm going to become a person that might fall into some some bad traps of um you know self-worth and other issue, issues like that um, and then, but the, the other reason I decided to stay behind the camera was just cause I, I saw that that's where the creative control was for the most part that you got to create a little bit more and that at the highest levels, um, you know, the higher up you go, the, you know, the more work kind of gets done in that aspect of creating things from, from behind the scenes. So, and that's the stuff that I liked. So I, I moved, um, I realized that that small station was, is, you know, I had done everything I could do there and I loved it. Um, and decided to then try a bigger pond and moved out to Los Angeles. I had some, I had family here at the time, so I was able to have a place to stay and which very fortunate and, um, shows out, uh, shows LA, uh, you know, cause like Fox also cause Fox sports was here. And so I just didn't want to move out East, uh, and say, okay, I want to move to LA with the goal of ideally working at Fox sports. Cause they were the only network, like big network at the time that was out in LA and did the same thing where everyone I met and talked to and chatted with, I told them what I was trying to do. And eventually I met someone or a friend of mine knew someone who knew someone whose boyfriend worked at Fox <laughs> and got all of those people to know me and, and, and decide that I was good enough to pass along to the next person. And then eventually got to that one person at Fox and he passed my name along to another person who was um, ended up hiring me one day a week to answer the phones and make photocopies on Saturdays for the baseball show. And that's how I got started. <laughs> yes, and I, I was just like, I was like, I know it doesn't end there. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Know there's more. <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting to do a little more than photocopies and answer the phones. Yeah. So, and then, you know, from there, like one of the best things about Fox sports is that they really, um, you know, promote from within and they, they do like to hire people at that early entry level stage and, and grow them from within for the most part, not, not every single time, but, uh, and so I was able to do that and rose to the ranks. You, you kind of end up choosing, um, a couple different paths on the production side, whether you're going to go into the, the, um, live event side or on the studio side. And because storytelling and, and creating and that kind of thing was more up my alley than, than I, I got more, um, excitement from that than from chasing, you know, like the excitement of that, that a live broadcast brings, you know, my, my route went through the studio, rose through the ranks there, becoming a, you know, full production assistant, broadcast associate, associate producer, feature producer, and then eventually like, um, senior coordinating producer where I was tasked with like doing a lot of the video and storytelling content around the bigger events that they would do, whether mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, with, with my last several years being really focused on, uh, the three World Cups that, that Fox has done so far, two women's and, and one men's World Cup and creating all the video content for that. Not, yeah, that's, uh, wow. That, and then, you know, what I thought I was just going to do for a couple of years uh, lasted 19 years because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. it went so well and I wasn't anticipating enjoying it so much, you know, I, re I really, really did. And, but I, I always sort of thought, you know, I remember reading something when I was, I don't know if it was in high school or even younger about how the average person has five different careers in their life. Mm -hmm. And I, I really always, you know, my whole, my whole life had sort of been along those lines where we, my family moved a lot. So I never stayed in one place for very long. 
And so the idea of what's next or what can I do, what, what new challenge up is out there was always something on my mind. So even though I did end up staying at Fox for so long, I still knew it was just going to be this one chapter. And I just got to the point where I realized that, you know, I'd reached the end of, of the time that I wanted to spend there and I loved it and it was beautiful, but it was time for it to end. And so I, I left in um, the fall of 2019 with the goal of getting back to sort of what I had initially done back in my school days of getting involved in politics and public service. And so that, that was, uh, ended up being a crazy year where I ended up working on the, um, you know, the, the presidential election process. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you for a second because I want to talk a little bit more about your time at Fox, because I think, yeah. um, one of the things we really like to highlight on the podcast is how many different opportunities there are for women in sports. And I think we see sideline reporters and sideline reporting is an incredible career, but there are so many different things that people can do. So I kind of want to go back a little bit to the time at Fox, because like you said, you were first hired to do photocopying and get copy. And obviously it changed dramatically as time went on and, and you did get to work at those world cups and you spent time on baseball and football and everything. It was, it was an incredible journey. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, while you were there and you started creating video content and storytelling, at what point did you realize I'm, I'm really good at this and kind of where was the point where you were like, I really enjoy this. Good questions. Um, and anybody who ever says that always means they're just buying time to think of their answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best questions I've ever heard in my life. And let me get back to you. <laughs> That's a good question. And the answer is formulating in my head in three, two, and no. So I would say, you know, I don't, I don't really know. There's, there's points at which, you know, I definitely realized it for the first time, but I, I think I, it's one of those where, well, I, I did enjoy it for a really long time, but I just never looked, you know, picked my head up to realize it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause I think otherwise I wouldn't have done it for so long. And, and I was really lucky that I worked with great people and, and especially up front where, you know, I, I was given so much opportunity, uh, and, and without that, without being able to kind of get the opportunity to take that next step or try that next big thing, you know, uh, I, I might not have enjoyed it as much, but I felt like I was always being challenged. And I remember there was one day where, um, I don't know what I was frustrated about it, but it was like probably even midway through my career. And I think I just didn't understand why I had chosen the path I had chosen. Mm -hmm. And, um, David Hill, you know, who's kind of the, the godfather of Fox sports and so many other things in sports television. Uh, he, I must've, I must've said that to him. Cause I think he probably, he, he always says it like, Jen, you wear your heart on your sleeve every day. Like people, it's you people know what mood you're in at any given time. And, <laughs> and I think it was just not in the best mood or I was a little down or something. And so he'd ask, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I just don't like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> he's, or why I'm doing this. And he's like, I know why. <laughs> and, um, and his answer was spot on. He basically, he basically told me, he says, because, and it's what I sort of alluded to earlier is that he says, you like to be the one to create, you know, when you're working in live events, there's a huge rush from things happening in front of you and you having to react and adapt and, 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 and chase. He's like, but you don't want to be chasing that stuff. He's like, you want to be, you want to be creating it. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of, you know, that was very enlightening to me. And I, I have absolutely no idea at what point during my career, he and I had that conversation, but I feel like it was far too late for, <laughs> I probably should have realized a lot of that earlier. Um, 
And as far as knowing when I was good at it, I don't really know that either. Cause I think I'm just, I'm a bit of a workaholic, which I don't think most people who know me would dispute at all. And they might call it an understatement even, but you know, I just really loved working. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I, I didn't lift my head up enough. I think early on to say, to think about like, was this really good or not? Cause the interesting thing about what you mentioned about all the different jobs, like the, the job that kind of, you know, if you're in front, of, if you're out front, like a sign reporter host or something like that, you're getting the feedback, right. From mm-hmm. the people who see your product. Mm-hmm. When you're creating something from behind the scenes, I don't get fan mail. We don't do credits. And I, and I, and I like all of that. Like, I don't, I don't need my name up on a screen for people, for the people who see it to know that I did it, you know? I just Mm -hmm. like the satisfaction of knowing that I did it and I liked it, but Mm -hmm. I'm never really getting like hearing the feedback on whether or not the audience liked it or not, you know? So, um, I think I was just, when I got to a point that I was making stuff that I really liked, (laughs) um, and then Mm -hmm. maybe later on, I figured out that what I liked was probably was good because, you know, you get promoted or you get put on bigger projects. And I think that's how you realize those kinds of things. And it was this, Thank God it was like slow for me and, you know, that my ego didn't blow up, you know, too badly any, at any point. But I think I just started making stuff that I liked and I'm mm-hmm. glad that other people did too. Was there a project that you were put on where one day you were like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right here? Probably. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's when you get those first opportunities, you know, the first sort of, you know, feature and, you know, when we talk about that in terms of, you know, I think they use that word differently in all sorts of areas, but for us, it's really just sort of short form story, storytelling that would go into a studio show or a pregame show. You know, when I got my first chance to, to do my own feature, I was excited that it was one that was very not run of the mill and mm-hmm. got to go take uh, the host of our show, James Brown, and take him into a classroom full of high school kids and talk about, you know, a controversial topic that was going on in the NFL at the time. And so I think the trust that I was, I, I felt a lot of trust with that because mm-hmm. um, it isn't, it's, uh, you know, anybody can go s- do the run of the mill thing where you go and you sit down with a player and you ask the questions and you leave, you know what I mean? That's not, there's, there's care and things that you can do in, in there and that's in, important and you can screw that up, but I feel like it's harder to screw that up. But what they, what they tasked me with was something where, you know, with a lot of kind of unknown elements and to be able to do that in my first time out, I felt the trust. And from there, I think that's when you realize, okay, I must be doing something right. What was the topic? So if you, if I remember correctly, it's when um, Terrell Owens had pulled out the Sharpie in his touchdown set for, as a 49er, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, there were fines and that's when all of a sudden this whole thing about touchdown celebrations became an issue. And so we went to go talk to some teenagers playing, you know, and see what they actually, what they actually thought, you know, what do, what, do, what does the younger generation think about, about this? And, and not just about whether or not they should be able to celebrate, but whether or not the NFL should be able to sanction it or, you know, have a say about it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's, that's very interesting, especially considering um, this year and, and the taunting rules and, and all of that. So that, that is very interesting. Um, all right, I want to switch topics for a little bit. We definitely will c- come back to all of this. Um, you mentioned that, of course, in 2020, you went to work on the presidential campaign, and now you are at Angel City creating content. You were, of course, the head head of content. So if you can talk a little bit about making that 
journey, like from the sports journey to the political journey and now back to sports. And what surprised you about your time in politics? Yeah, it was it was great. I would say, you know, it's almost Fox's fault that that I that I left because <laughs> that's what I told them. I said, it's your guys' fault because they they by the time I left, I was, you know, pretty I was one of the go to people for anything we did that involved the military or government, you know, in appreciating, appreciating and celebrating, you know, our, our armed services. Um, also handled most of our uh, public service announcements for Fox Sports Supports, the charitable branch of the of the company. And um, anytime those types of things came up where um, it wasn't just about the game, you know, I, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I got to, that I got to work on. And because of that, you know, I got to understand what that feels like, where you feel like you're doing some sort of public service or you're feeling like you're giving back. And I just decided that I needed that feeling every day. Um, you know, that I, I, as much as I know, it's important to go, you know, they're, you know, trying to go interview Dak Prescott this week for next week's game. Like, and I know that that in the sports world, we need that and we want that, but like, I just wasn't interested in doing that anymore. And to have to have time, you know, where I wasn't working on something that felt like was, that was a true public service or giving back in some way. I just, I just needed to do that every day. So that's kind of um, what I was in search of and what, what I've been in search of. And that's, you know, what led me to leave and then, and get it. And just the, due to the timing of when I left, which was the end of 2019, when the election was kind of really like swinging into full gear, it just made sense to start to try to, you know, work on the election process because that's just what was dominating the, the political world at the time. Um, and was happy just for the audience to know, was happy to have been working on the winning side, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. I think we all like winning. <laughs> um, Absolutely fair enough. And um, really, really enjoyed that. I mean, all, that whole that whole year was, a, you know, was a, a, a different podcast unto itself. But what happened during that time was I, I did get, I got a call from Angels, from people in Angel City, because I do, I know a lot of people who are in, were involved with the team and had heard about it, was so excited about everything they were doing. And, um, you know, when they asked if I would, you know, join them and, and, and help them out at first I, in my head, I thought I, Oh, I can't, I've left sports. I've got to do this. You know, I've, I've got to, you know, keep on this other route that I'm, that I'm on right now. But as I, as I talked to people in the team and it, it was something sort of became very clear that this team was, it had a, a greater purpose and a greater mission. And the first thing that everyone really yeah. talked about was that, that the purpose that, you know, this team is to here to build something for the people of Los Angeles. It's about finding a way to give back to them, to give back to the community, highlight the community and be leaders, not just for women's sports, but for sports in general and, and show how, you know, nonprofits don't, don't have the market cornered on making a difference that, for-profit, you know, and, and people who are, you know, making money can just as much, if not even more sometimes, you know, give back and, and make a difference, um, in the community and, and, and even outside of your local community. And, you know, it's almost like people forgot to mention, yes, we're going to, we're going to play soccer and win championships and do all that wonderful stuff, which obviously is the main crux of what the team does is going to be play soccer, but, um, everything gets to be through that lens of, what can we mm -hmm. do to be, you know, having that higher purpose? And so I realized that it was this opportunity was unique and it was merging my my recent past of having 20 years in sports television and what I what I had left to do, which was, you know, have that have that feeling of making a difference every day. 
And what also just a unique opportunity to start something from the ground up and build something that, you know, how often do people get to say that they helped start a sports franchise? Um, so it was all those things um, that, that brought me, brought me into, into this role. And, and I'm really grateful for it. And I just, I can't say enough about how it's, it's just so fascinating every day that we're, you know, going, moving forward, but also struggling with how do we keep holding ourselves to the, this, like these ideals that we've set forward of, you know, set forth to, mm -hmm. to do better, be better and, and, and create better, you know, opportunities and worlds for people. So, um, through this, through women's soccer, you know, it's very fascinating and I'm, I'm thankful for it. So I was going to ask you what you have found to be the most challenging part of your transition into this new role. You may have just answered it, but I'm going to ask you anyway, in case you want to expound upon it, or if there's something else you want to tell us about. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, there's just so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't even, I, I hardly ever know what day of the week it is. I mean, that was sort of the same way at Fox, but at least like the thing is that we don't have games yet. We're not, we're not, this team, Angel City doesn't play its first game until April of 2022. And, you know, when I was doing at Fox, at least I always knew when my next like on air day was, because if it was NFL, obviously it's Sunday. And if it was baseball, it was Saturday or whatever it is. And, and, but, but until we have games, I just, I seriously don't even know what day of the week it is. If it, if it weren't for my vitamins, my like, you know, that I have separated by in the day of the week, uh, you know, <laughs> containers i seriously every morning would be like would have no idea um but that's the brilliance of it is that you know to get a little i'm sure spider-man like it isn't a spider i didn't originate with spider-man but the whole idea of like with great power comes great responsibility you know that's yeah. like what the beauty of this is we're trying to create change there's huge responsibility with that so it feels like you know there's so much weight on the stuff that we do and in that it's a privilege to have our community like hold us to account for those things. Cause we're going to mess up. We have messed up. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. and anything, well, everyone knows that. Does. If yeah. humans are in charge, it's going to happen. And that's not a bad thing. Exactly. But what you need are great people that believe in you to like, let you know when that, when you've, when you've done that small, like, you know, made some steps to the side. And so, um, you know, but there's just a weight to that, like a mental and emotional weight that comes with that too. So like, I would just say that the, the amount of actual work there is to be done in building something from scratch is tremendous. And then you add on top of it that you're trying to be these pillars for change. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. I mean, we're, we're just trying to do so much. I think it's like, you know how the worst thing to do is go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's, that is us because we just want to do so much and, but it takes time to do those things, but you just have that like strange impatience, you know, because, and you just like, don't realize that you're pulling too much off the shelf that maybe you can't eat and eat in time. I mean, that's, that's us. Yeah. It, it's probably not the best analogy, but it's the one that came into mind is like, you don't go to the grocery store hungry and that's us every single day. Um, I actually was going to say, I think it's a perfect analogy and it, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I appreciate that one. That's a good, and I think it's one that everyone can relate to because we have all gone to the grocery store hungry and bought things we later regret. What thus far has been the most rewarding part of your job? And again, you have, you know, somewhat answered it um, because I know the work that you're, you're doing to make change, but has there been anything specific yet? Yeah. I mean, on, if we, if we get off of the the, the part where we get to, you know, do good things for people. If we put that all to the side, cause that is obviously the most 
the best part. I would say one of the first things I started on after I, I joined here was um, helping to develop our our crest and our colors, you know, the, the logo and the emblems and things that we're going to represent this team. Mm-hmm. And let me be clear. I am not a, I am not a graphic designer. I am more of like, in that sense, like the, but I did say I shepherded that process and, um, you know, we ended up working with some amazing designers and, 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 um, but to be able to say that I had a hand in, in creating the, you know, the marks and logos and crests, you know, of a, of this professional sports team that hopefully it's someday, you know, you think about it, you don't think much about the fact that when you're in Japan or in, you know, South Africa or Germany, and you see someone wearing a Lakers hat, or you see someone wearing, you know, a Cowboys gear, you don't think too much about that. But like the day that I get that I'm overseas wandering, and I see somebody wearing a hat or a shirt with Angel City on it, I'm gonna be like, holy cow, I had a hand in that that hat, <laughs> you know, and, and what's that's on that. Amazing. Um, and so that's been one of the coolest, the coolest things, um, you know, is I think that that doesn't have to do with, you know, saving lives or whatever it is that we're, <laughs> and all the other stuff we're trying to do. I think that's incredibly cool because to be a part of that creativity. And like you said, when you see it, even, I think even when you see it in LA or where you, if you see it wherever you may be to kind of always know you were a part of that is, is something special and concrete that you can point to. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we tried to infuse so much meaning into it as well. Um, you know, the, the final design we worked with did such a great, she did such a great job about, you know, making sure that like there's point when you break down our crest, which the players on the Jersey is what the players wear over their heart. So that like means something, right. But that mm-hmm. like, the design points of it actually means something and you can point to, you can find our mission and our purpose within the logo, or you can just think that it's cool, (laughs) you know? And so Mm -hmm. any, any which way you see it or think of it, it's, it's just a win. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run and grow your business. And I love it because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I don't talk about it a ton, but I have a fishing company. Five years ago, actually five years ago this month, my best friend Aaron and I started a bass fishing weight company called Woo Tungsten because woo is the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. So we sell tungsten weights for bass fishing and Shopify has made it so incredibly easy. They have all the tools and the resources that we need. No matter how big or small your business is, they just make it so effortless. And like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. And you can reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, which is something we use a ton. More than just a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business today with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shopify.com slash bluewire. So 
switching gears um, a little bit, going back early on in your career, and it actually could have been more recently, but I ask everybody this because I think it's an important question and the answers are are varied and interesting. So um, I'm going to now ask you, that's my lead up to the question. Um, But is there a criticism that you received early on that was difficult to take, but really in a positive way shaped who you are today? And that could even mean you got a criticism that was so ridiculous and unfounded and you learned not to take criticism too personally, depending on who it came from, or it could be something specific. Yeah. I think the, I'm not, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> cut that out. <laughs> um, I want to say, and I can't remember how early it came, but it was, it was, but it's, it's really the, the advice and the criticisms that I got, I think throughout my career was just don't work so much, <laughs> which okay. also I feel like I don't want to be telling people, but you know, I, I, I remember at some point, and I think it was David Hill that said, at some point you have to realize that that email can wait till tomorrow mm-hmm. and that everything will be okay. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be times it's, 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 it's about really figuring out priority priorities and understanding, um, you know, if you want to work, if like, it's, if you're so excited about a project and just can't, and are working through the night and that, that makes you happy. That's amazing. Do that, do that every single time, but don't give yourself undue stress about the things that can be, that can be done tomorrow or that you could, you know, you know, it, it's just not worth all of that extra, you know, emotional stress that, that we put on ourselves. And, um, even recently I, I, you know, if you think about like the regrets that you have in your life, there are a few with some very close friends, big moments in their lives, um, like two, you know, specifically like two friends weddings that I missed because of work and I probably didn't have to, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I wish I could go. I mean, and who, who knows what have happened if I had taken, you know, if I had taken that time off to do those things. But all I know is that today I wish I had gone to those weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know myself enough that like, no matter what, I would have worked my tail off to, to, you know, I'm always going to work my butt off to make everything exactly perfect or, or, or not, well, nothing's perfect, but do everything to the best of my abilities and no one's going to outwork me in my mind, but making sure I don't, you know, criticize myself for that, you know, or, or I don't create, create more stress around that. It's like, do, do all the work, do, do all the work that's going to make you happy because you're completing the job but don't do it because you feel this pressure of, oh my God, I have to, like I said, respond to that email right now kind of a thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, my version of, it was the version of, the version I needed to hear of don't work so much. (laughs) But I think that makes sense. And I think probably in today's world, that's the version we probably all need to hear because there's always one more email, one more message, one more text, one more thing we can do. And there does come a point where we have to say it can wait and it's okay. And, and I will say that I, I really do not like the phrase work-life balance. And I, I feel like that this is kind of what I'm talking about, but I just don't, I, I, the reason I don't like that phrase or don't like talking about it is because it's, 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 it's such an individual thing. And I think everyone just needs to figure out, figure that out for themselves and like, what's going to make them happy and just not, and not make themselves feel stressed or guilty about how much they do or don't want to work. Well, it, something we talk about a lot about is this idea of work-life balance and that it is unrealistic um, and that balance isn't going to be a daily thing or even a weekly thing, but at different points in your life, it's what you give priority to and that it's an overall balance. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's sort of what you're talking about as well. Yeah, and it's possible, and it's a career balance. You know, you you might have to just kill yourself for the first five years, and that's just the way that's going to go. And you're going to realize that the further you get in your career, you know, you'll have the opportunity to ease up off the gas. And it seems weird that the higher up you get and the more money you get paid, that the less work you might have to do. But that's kind of just the way it is, because you, when you're starting, you just have to put in that time, because that's where you have to learn how to be the person that can you know, work a little bit less and get them, get more out of you, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Is there a misstep that you are seeing women make as they're trying to break into the sports industry? Yeah. Uh, I think that women don't realize that being a woman is an advantage. I think that's the most common misstep and they treat it like they're, um, they think that being a woman is a disadvantage when in my opinion, it's, it's an absolute advantage. Um, you know, and I suppose we probably need examples to back that up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I obviously don't disagree with you. I think it's a tremendous advantage, but I do think, yes, it would be helpful for the listeners if you had an example. Yeah. I don't want to like just dangle that random thought out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I just, I feel like at this moment, you know, yeah, the, the sad state of affairs is that in, you know, there are more men in sports, more men involved in sports than women. Um, but that means that when you're in a room, everyone's like, oh, I was the only woman in the room. I'm like, hell yeah, you're the only one in a room. You stand out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby, Tom, and Joe are, you know, not going to stand out with what they say as much as you are. It's not going to be as memorable. Now, it's up to you to say something good, but whatever it is that you do in that room is going to be more memorable um, automatically. And I, I think that, you know, especially right now, because there is a focus more than ever about trying to level that playing field and bring a little bit more equity to, to the workplace as far as women in sports, take advantage of that, man. <laughs> you know, cause here's right. the thing, you're just as good as probably everybody else, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anybody else who's like wanting that job. So, you know, don't, yeah, don't for a second think that you are at any disadvantage, take advantage of it no matter what. The other thing I would say is especially working in the field of sports that is on the, on the team side that's male dominated is I found that there's just more that I could say to an athlete or a coach that would not come, not come off the same as if a man said it, right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking at you as, as a, you know, sister, mother, whatever it is, you know, like the women that, that, that are in their life. And you can, you can say some stuff that is a, maybe a little bit harsher or make those requests and they're not going to get mad at you for it. You know, the way that my male counterparts would, you know, if I, if I'm with an athlete and we, I ask them to read a line and it's not good, it's probably easier for them to hear from me. Can we do that? You know, that wasn't great. Can we do this? Can we do it again? As opposed to a guy who they feel a little bit more of that um, competitiveness with. Right. Mm -hmm. So you take advantage of the fact that, you know, the, words coming like the direction and the words coming from you men see differently than they do from other men and it's not as a competitive thing so they're more willing to take it in i like that that's very interesting and i think also very true very very true but that's a and that was a great example so great job jen good yeah. job um, they also mean, i mean there's also the thing of like they might be trying to impress you so they you know what i mean like there's that helps sometimes too and you can't you have to walk that line very very carefully but, you know, I think that the, the essence of it is still the same is that they just they 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 aren't thinking of you in a, in a competitive nature as they are with the with a man that's trying to do your same job. That makes sense. I like that. And I think I really like the idea of instead of 
looking at it as being a disadvantage, that it is a tremendous advantage for the reasons you said and for so many more. So thank you for sharing that with us. If you could give our listeners a piece of advice for starting a career in sports, what would it be? It's sort of two, two things that you have to do at the same time, right? Okay. So the two things that you always need to do is you need to do the work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You need to do the work and you need to do a good job and you need to kind of shut up about it, right? You need to do, you need to do what you're asked. You need to and do it better as to the best of your abilities and, and just blow everyone else away and find new ways to, you know, bring, bring a lot to the table, right? So you need to do that work at the same time. Actually, maybe not at the same time, maybe just a little bit after you've proved yourself with the work, you need to then be, you need to be a human. You need to be a person, right? You can't just put your head down and work, right? Because here's the thing, and this is the reality of life in no matter what industry you're in, if you've got two people that are both really good at their jobs, right? And there's one promotion, the person that people know more is the one who's going to get the promotion. So Mm -hmm. you need to, you know, be someone who knows people (laughs) and who people know, you know, you got to be careful with it because you don't want to, you can't be, you know, it's a fine line to walk because you don't want to be obnoxious. You don't want to be loud. You don't want to be seen as someone who's too social and not working hard, but it's about really figuring out about taking opportunities to talk to as many people as you can in a professional, in a professional way. I always say like, whoever you're in, you know, if you end up, if you're an, you know, production assistant and you end up in an elevator with, with an executive, introduce yourself. It's who cares if it's only 10 seconds, just, Hey, I'm Jen. I just started working here. I'm a production assistant working on NASCAR. I really love it. Just wanted to say hi and glad to be here. And that could be it. And maybe they don't say another word to you, but now their name, it, you got to think about it as like brand recognition, right? You've said mm-hmm. your name. They, they kind of commend you for maybe that little bit of like boldness. It makes them feel good that they are creating a workplace that you want to be in. Right. And now your face and your name are just that one tiny step more recognizable. You do have to think about it as like building a brand, but build it slowly, cultivate it very carefully. And at the end of it, you have to have it backed up with amazing work that you're doing. How have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in sports since you started and where can we still improve? Yeah, I mean, there has been great change. (laughs) There has been great growth. Um, Yeah, absolutely. There's room for improvement. Yeah. But, you know, before we get too much into this, I would like to say that I've, I've had a great career and I've never personally felt discriminated against or held back because I was a woman. Uh Um, And I realize that is not the case for everyone, but I do think it's important to note that not every woman has a hard time with it. Um, Uh You know, I, I attribute that to part of that is to the fact that I've worked with good people and good men. And um, another part of that is also that I think I did a good job of presenting myself as someone who couldn't be messed with in that way. Um, And I know that, you know, not everyone is going to come in with that same set of privilege or um, confidence that I had. And I, and I understand that, but so it is my job to help like lift those up who haven't had a smooth ride. And unfortunately that is, that is a lot of women, but I do think it's important to, to recognize that not for everyone, it there, you know, the, the change in the growth hasn't needed to be there as much for all, for every single woman. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I would say, I mean, this podcast is the perfect example 
of how things are improving and the changes in the growth that, that need to be made. Because as you talk about, you know, this is about getting to know all the jobs that are available in sports so mm-hmm. that people can then go out and train towards those jobs, aspire to those jobs, learn about those jobs and separate. Cause that's the huge part of the problem. Women don't know early enough or think early enough about those possibilities. They are behind when it comes to starting a career in sports in some senses. And, you know, during my time at Fox, I saw that the women succeeded and advanced faster and than the men did. Um, there just were fewer of them, right? So, you know, I know that when women get in the game and get in the door, they're going to be fine because they always tend to kill it, right? We just, we're just awesome that way. Um, right. <laughs> but it's that first step that they're not taking early enough or thinking about early enough, you know, or in the right or taking the right step, you know, that's holding them back. And so I think that, you know, just to butter you up, like what you're doing with this podcast is the perfect way that we can improve. And it's showing it's the, the opportunities change and grow because we show the opportunities to people. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And that, that was why we wanted to do this and why I wanted to start this podcast was so people can understand. And I I've said this before on the pod, like I had a sports psychologist on, we've had attorneys for teams on, and they're just positions people don't necessarily think about in sports. So thank you for saying that because it's really important to me. So I appreciate that. Um, All right. This is a fun one. Before we get to five fun facts, uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast is, can you take us through a day in the life of Jennifer Pransky? I mean, poop. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants my life right now. (laughs) But I think it's interesting. And I think it's, I think the other reason I do like to do this, and it's funny, if I'm dealing with, or if we're talking to like a sports journalist, I say, give us a weekday and give us like a game day, because I do want people to understand also, it is great to love sports. And I know we kind of touched on this in the beginning and want a career in sports, but it is a job and it is a career and you have to work really hard. And I do want people to understand what goes into what people do on a daily basis, whether it's creating video content, whether it's reporting on a game, whether, you know, it is, is being an attorney. So I do like to hear it. And I think our listeners do find it interesting because it kind of breaks down what all goes into having this type of career. No, it's true. It is. It is very, very important. I'm just thinking, I, I just think nobody should want my life at the moment, but here's what, here, <laughs> I'll make you a deal. All right. So at the moment we, you know, I said, we're not playing a game until April of 2022. So I don't know what a game day is like for us yet. Yes. So no, how I, about we, we will just do like a regular, whatever day you want to pick, you know, that, yeah. that kind of what you're doing right now. Yeah, but we'll we'll maybe circle back and you can do like an insert to another podcast someday about, hey, Pransky finally like knows what a game day is. Here's what that's like. But at the moment, uh, you know, I I kind of say every day feels like I'm getting dropped into a hole that I'm digging myself out of and that tomorrow I get and I make it out and that's awesome. But then tomorrow I get dropped in a completely new hole and I have to figure out basically how to how to climb out of that one. But I would say on the average, you know, (laughs) my day starts in bed where with them, sadly with my phone, where I'm just checking like emails and Slack messages, um, just to kind of make sure I didn't miss anything. We do, we have a lot of people in different time zones that are working with us right now. So I just kind of like to at least make sure there's no immediate thing that I have to jump on right away. Um, I also, if I can, I take that time to, to look, to read a little bit about some sports and entertainment industry news. Um, I think it's important to kind of stay up on that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then, um, I do try to take a little bit of time to, to look at, 
you know, the, the world news and the, the domestic news, like, you know, news as well about what's going on with people in our country, et cetera. So I do take some time to do that if I can. Then there's probably a debate in my head about whether or not I have the energy to work out or the time to work out before my first meetings. Um, I'm not going to give you the percentage about how that comes <laughs> out. <laughs> um, Wait, this is not a judgmental place. This is a safe place. Well, it's a personal judgment. It's a personal judgment I make every morning. Um, but I at least have the conversation with myself. Um, and then it's literally, you know, once you're out of bed and showered and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a launch into right now, a crazy amount of meetings. I'm currently interviewing for some positions. So I'm, I'm doing interviews with people that we hopefully will, will bring on board our team. Um, that takes a lot of time. Sometimes we're doing, you know, we, we do have some video and, and content shoots that we're doing that I, that I, you know, do go out and direct and, and participate in. We our team does a lot of events as well. So possibly, you know, like this weekend, we're going to do um, a garden build at a school, which I'm very excited to do and get, get dirty. Um, so, you know, that could kind of fill up, fill up the day. And then, you know, there's usually at least 10 minutes where I'm how, figuring out how I'm going to take over the world. But, you know, sometimes that, that time gets shortened. <laughs> uh, so yeah, right now it's, it's just, there's so much planning and doing meetings and like some of it is I, I do a lot of approvals of things. So like I have an amazing team that, that creates content and does our, and, and, um, you know, manages our social media. So I'm approving copy and video and graphics. And so I do feel like a lot of my time is, is reviewing things and giving notes or telling them how great they are. Um, and you know that, um, I'd say like in the evenings, um, not, I, I'm trying to get more social time and things, even if it is just sort of like a happy hour call or let's watch, you know, 30 minutes of this game while on the phone together, kind of a thing, mm -hmm. um, with friends or, or, or dinners, things like that. Um, but usually at some point before I go to bed, I am using that quiet time when meetings aren't happening to answer emails and do some of the other work. I call it like, I, I never have time to work because I'm just, we're, we're, constantly in meetings and other things like that. And all of that's important, but I feel like I'm not getting stuff done sometimes. So I take that time at night cause it's quiet. And then, um, you know, I would say I not every night, but often one of the things I try to do is I'm like, as I get back into bed, um, if it's been like a weird day, I, I make myself t decide three things that I could have done better that day or that I wasn't proud of. But then I also make myself identify three things that I was proud of that I did that day. And that just kind of like helps my brain and soul settle down a little bit from maybe the chaos that was that was going on all day or just anticipating tomorrow's chaos. It just kind of settles me to say, OK, I know what I can do, but I think this is something I could do better and feels good to recognize the mistakes you made. Um, but then also give yourself credit for the things you thought you did well. I really like that. I think that's fantastic because there's self-improvement in there and then also honoring, you know, the positives, which I think is a really important thing. And oftentimes we do not do that enough. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and you need to, you need to recognize them so you keep doing them, right? Mm -hmm. 100%. That's awesome. Jen, this has been so fun. You have been such an awesome guest and I know I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have learned a lot. Of course, I can't let you go until we do five fun facts. Um, as you know, this is something that I started doing with the 49ers players. But on this podcast, we ask all of our guests the same facts every week. And we get five very fun, different answers. So if you are ready, five fun facts with Jennifer Pransky. Jen, what is your favorite moment in sports? 
I would say, <laughs> and I, this is where I should have done my homework, but the um, Olympic swimming relay that Jason Lezak anchored against the, and, and won at the very last touch of the, the wall against the French team. Um, that is a moment that I was out on the road working and I was in a hotel and I was up on the bed in the hotel room, jumping up and down during Jason Lezak's last leg of that Olympic relay. And I don't know, I just, I just loved it so much. Oh, that's fantastic. And I had totally have an image of you jumping up and down on the bed. In the yeah, hotel it's, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not a big, you know, yeller at the TV kind of person just in general. I, but oh my God, that's <laughs> that awesome. night it was, it was, uh, it was kind of crazy. That's fantastic. What is your life motto? It's, um, you know, I think a lot about, I, I don't know the exact words he said it in, and, and I think he wrote it in about a million different ways, but Socrates always has had this thing about how true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's something that I just try to remember. I think it keeps us humble. It keeps us curious. It helps us to, you know, find adventure and branch out and also to understand that you always need to take time to, to think about other people's perspectives, um, you know? And so that's what I just like to remind myself all the time is that was like the true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. On the mornings you do convince yourself to work out. What is the go, your go-to workout? Jump roping. Um, yeah, I like jump rope. I had no idea about that about you. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't run. I got crappy knees and I just, I've tried, I have tried to like running so many times, Tracy. I can't even tell you how I'm like, oh, this year it'll be different. I'm going to get into running. I can't, but I, but I can jump rope for like 45 minutes. And be that fine. is an unbelievably impressive skill, by the way. Yeah. But it, it's mixed up. Like I do these workouts where it's like you jump for like a couple minutes and then you do, you know, 30 seconds of pushups and then you jump rope and then you do 30 seconds of squats. Like, so there's a lot that's like mixed in and sometimes it's an endurance thing. And I've, I've weighted ropes. I have four different weights of jump ropes as well. I mean, this is a whole thing, but anyway, this is amazing. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is incredible. I'm, I'm so impressed. I just can't even begin to tell you because I, at different times of different workouts in my life have tied, tried to jump rope and it never goes great. If I can go 30 seconds without tripping, it's like some sort of miracle from God. So I am so incredibly impressed with this information. We can offline about it, but it's all about the rope. I, because when oh. I first started, decided I was going to do this, it was a disaster. I'm like, oh my God, I thought I did this every, I did this every day as a child. How am I so inept right now? But it is all about getting the quality, a quality rope that works. I promise you. This is, I'm learning even more this podcast. What is your go-to coffee order? Okay. So back in 1994, I had a cup of coffee and I yes, have I forgot. And I have not had one since then. Um, I, I suppose if we're talking hot drinks, it's either herbal tea straight, no, no sugar, nothing in it. Um, or what I mostly drink all day is, and this is, um, hot water with ginger, lemon, and honey. Cause I also am terrible about drinking water. Like I find regular water just too boring and I won't do it. But if I have a hot water with lemon, I will down like a liter of that, you know, in a couple hours. So that's how I stay hydrated. And hot water with ginger, lemon, lemon, and honey sounds familiar. Yeah, it's awesome. It's not I mean, it's, it sounds delicious. I was thinking, I'm just going to tell you guys why that came out of my mouth. Because I was thinking, as I asked you your go-to coffee order, I was thinking, oh, wait, this sounds familiar. I don't think she drinks coffee. But hot water with lemon, ginger, and honey sounds delicious. Not familiar. 
Yes. No, it's good. I just, you can buy like ginger, like, you know, ginger juice and lemon juice and in jars. I mean, it's not the best way to do it, but you can, you know, I'm not like squeezing, pressing ginger every day. Um, I cheat it, but there's restaurants that do it fancier sometimes, you know, it's like everybody with their coffee, you make the, the, the cheap version at home. And then when you go out, you get the fancy version. Very true. And then last but not least, a book every woman should read. I don't know what, I mean, the book that my favorite book is My Losing Season by Pat Conroy. I don't okay. necessarily know that it's super directed towards towards women, but I just think that if you love sports, you should read that book. I think it's, you know, one that makes grown men and both grown men and women probably would cry like when reading it. It's, um, it's, it's about exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's about a, a losing season of a high school basketball team and just the love and camaraderie and, and whatnot that, that these young athletes had for each other and how, how they kind of struggle through it. Pat Conrage is, is mostly a fiction writer, um, wrote a lot of books that people are familiar with and a bunch that got turned into movies, but this is the one that's more auto, but, and he has a lot of autobiographical stuff in those fiction, fiction novels, but this is the one that is truly about, um, as it is autobiographical and I, I love it and I recommend it to, to everyone. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jen. And thank you for joining me today. This has been awesome. Love you, my friend. Love you right back. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.